0: There are a few things, everyone, that drive me completely ballistic. <laughs> and I'm gonna get into them. But first, say hello everyone. Say hello to Lisa everyone. Hello. They so there's so what I was saying and I was surprised I actually got in there quicker because you're usually in there before I do, before I am, so I was surprised <laughs> I was able to jump in there quickly. <laughs> I was staring, I was staring at the at the device, going, where's her name gonna pop up? Where's her name gonna <laughs> pop up? And waiting for it. So
1: mm-hmm. join us,
0: everyone, as I'm trying to learn the ways of things and learn how things are going. As you're about to see or hear when you re-listen to this, anyone who does, the beginning of this has a few intros. Has a few intros on it. And Hopefully I don't know if everyone will know. hopefully you know when I say his name, you'll hear you'll hear Roger Jackson mm-hmm. and that's his name. Now Roger Jackson is the voice that you they, if you've seen the movies which unfortunately I, I have seen three of them and I can't for the life of me figure out why. Because I hate the genre that they're in, and I will be freely willing to admit, I hate this genre, hate it. But and I can't for the life of me figure out why I've seen three movies other than that. But Roger Jackson, if you've seen or know the movies, Roger Jackson is the voice when Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard and Timothy Olyphant and Laurie Metcalf put the mask on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm referring to when I say the mask.
2: Um, I didn't, but I literally just looked up Roger Jackson on IMDb, so now I do.
0: Yeah, he's 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 the voice of Ghostface from mm-hmm. Scream. Um, and that occurs to me. If you've ever seen, unfortunately, I've seen, like I said, I've seen three 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 of the Scream movies, and I can't figure out why. But mm. um, if you if you've seen if you've seen the first one and you hear the way Matthew Lillard talks and you hear mm-hmm. the voice he uses when the mask comes off mm-hmm. and the snarling, it's like, why did they have to put Roger Jackson in? Because <laughs> they could have just used the actor's actual voice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I suppose as a voice actor that that's what Roger Jackson does. Yeah. And he was able to get the tone right that Wes Craven wanted. <laughs>
2: So, aside from Scream, uh, one of the other roles that popped up on his IMDb is the voice of Mojo Jojo in the uh, reboot of The Powerpuff Girls.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's my response, everyone. Okay. (laughs) Um, Now, I have seen... I have seen, like I said, I have seen Three Screams. Mm -hmm. And... I I get it. You know, Wes Craven the king of slasher flicks wanted to make more of a slasher flick movies that mm-hmm. kind of parodied itself. And that in itself was what Scream did somewhat well. It mm-hmm. it it parodied itself and it said, "Hey, look, see how ridiculous this is." And but it doesn't do it doesn't do what other directors do so well do really well what tim burton does and tim burton is a genius Mm -hmm. but it doesn't do what tim burton does very well and he says see you see how ridiculous this movie these type of movies are Mm -hmm. and what i'm making is like with mars attacks you see how ridiculous this movie is and what i'm doing now i'm gonna mock it
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: going to tell you that I'm mocking it, and I'm going to use it to make fun of itself, so that it knows it's ridiculous, yeah, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Tim Burton is good at that. Mm-hmm. But the thing I when I was when I used to work at a theater, I would go in and do just theater checks to make sure everything the sound and the screen looked great. And that was during when Scream Four was out, mm-hmm. and I remember walking in the theater going. This is ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I didn't like these movies beforehand because they're horror and they're slasher flicks. But as is typical when you get into so many so many sequels,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: kind of end up going, okay, I think this went way left to center. Or this went way off the mark. I yeah. don't know where they were going with it before, but this is way off the mark now. And it actually came off as kind of funny. Like, this is not what... West Craven and Matthew Lillard and Skeeter were going for, mm-hmm. and, and you know what's funny? Hmm. The guy, the the two guys, uh, the two people who who were Ghostface. I want to say in two,
1: mm-hmm. in
0: two, the two people that were Ghostface in two. One of them is a very well known and very popular, very well known comedian.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And
0: I say comedian um it was laurie metcalf okay and laurie metcalf is funny (laughs) she's a funny actress she's best known in The big bang theory not as in the young sheldon Uh she's best known in the big bang theory as sheldon's mother okay yeah and the other one is timothy oliphant Uh and timothy oliphant wasn't justified
2: yeah well, you were talking about Matthew Lillard. Whenever I picture Matthew Lillard, I picture Shaggy from the live-action Scooby-Doo movies.
0: Yeah. And speaking of a guy, you want to see a guy who I don't I'm I when I first saw Matthew Lillard do Shaggy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, "Wait a minute. This is the same guy who played who played Stu?" <laughs> And it's two polar opposite characters. Mm-hmm. And I mean, listen to him. Listen to the mm-hmm. way he does Shaggy. Mm-hmm. It's close. It's really close to, mm-hmm. oh my God, who is the original? I'm blanking on his name, and I don't know why. It wasn't Don Messick. It was, Kay- was it Casey? Casey Kasem?
2: For Sha- Shaggy's VA?
0: The original Shaggy was yeah, Casey I Kasem, I, I believe. I have no
2: idea, but I know Matthew Lillard actually voices Shaggy in the cartoons now.
0: Yeah. And he's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's great. Matthew Lillard is a great actor. He um, is. And the, like I was saying about Timothy Oliphant, who played who played Ghostface in two, Timothy Oliphant wasn't Justified, and because funny side story, when I when Justified first came out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I started calling it Justin-fied <laughs> because I had seen a Justin Timberlake video shortly thereafter.
1: Mm-hmm. So.
0: It just got for some reason it just got inexplicably linked in my head.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there
0: is there anything that that's kind of like a train wreck? Is there anything for you that you know you're going past it and you don't want to look at it, but you can't help look away? Something oh, yeah. that that's like that for you?
2: Uh, you mean like? What exactly do you mean? Like a? um Well, like
0: I like like I said I've, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. I've seen. Like, I've seen three of them, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, there, there was something about that. And maybe it was because of the campiness yeah. of four that made me go, this is ridiculous, mm-hmm. and this borders on humor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe it's something like that. Was is there something like that that makes you go, what? But, why can't, but I can't look away.
2: Yeah, so... Um... I mean horror is kind of like that for me too because it's just um like i get scared really easily so i don't like horror but at the same time i'm fascinated by a lot of horror and a lot of the horror tropes and the psychology and stuff so it's like i'm constantly like trying to get to the edge of my um my uh tolerance for horror and sometimes i just go a little too far and give myself nightmares Um, but, uh, also the other, uh, movie genre where it's like, if it's on, I don't like it, but I usually get sucked in anyways, is, um, like R-rated comedies.
0: Like Hangover.
2: Yeah, or like Bridesmaids. Okay. Or, yeah.
0: Now, see, I know... I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people who have seen Bridesmaids and go, "That was a hilarious movie." Mm-hmm. They they love it, mm-hmm. and I've and I've talked to other people and I've seen it. I talked to the people and go, "Well, I don't get it."
2: Yeah, yeah. And, I, it's a lot of the like gross out humor or sex humor. It's just like, nah. If I want that kind of humor, I'll watch Whose Lines in Anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's things like. There's things like um, you, you hear in a lot of podcasts and a lot of other things. You hear a lot of people being people getting. that's a good thing about podcasts is you can be as descriptive and as vulgar as you want. Mm-hmm. Certain podcasts don't go for that. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But there's there's ways like do you. I get it. Do you have to swear all the time mm-hmm. when it's not necessary? Yeah. When you don't need to? It's not because it's a wrong thing to do, because it's not. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to do it. You can make your point with other words. Yeah. And by doing or showing other things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's... There's... And I will say, when I said I, I love and I idolize and adore Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. I think the guy is... I think to me, like Tim Burton is like the Einstein of cinema. Mm -hmm. He's beyond brilliant. Yeah. And it's, you have to understand, a lot of people don't, and you have to Mm -hmm. understand where he's coming from and where he's, why he's doing things. Like the head spinning in, (laughs) in Sleepy Hollow. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You realize biology, any normal biology will tell you heads don't spin like that. No. They just don't. Mm-hmm. And, and anybody knows that. And what Tim mm-hmm. is doing when he shows that is like, this is ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know how many movies have shown this before? And I'm showing it to show you how ridiculous it looks. See how ridiculous it looks? Mm-hmm. That's, kind of, that's what he's doing. In That's why he made Mars Attacks. He's saying, seeing these can't um, be B rated or whatever rated uh, alien movies, it, it looks silly. It mm-hmm. just looks ridiculous, mm-hmm. and see how pointless and goofy it looks.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he's showing you, and that's that's something else that. What I've said about Quentin Tarantino, now I've watched Quentin Tarantino movies a lot, and I like Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because I don't take his his depiction of things seriously. Yeah, you know, it's like this situation, um. I can actually say this because that's what this is what the movie was called, Inglorious Bastards.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I I um I you take the violence that he shows it's like this is what would happen
1: mm-hmm. in those
0: situations it would be this violent. Mm-hmm. And he's showing you for what it actually is, what it actually would be like. So like, okay, congratulations, Quentin. You're being <laughs> realistic. Mm-hmm. So and Aside from the fact that I think inglorious Bastards* was brilliant was, was like his, mm-hmm. his masterpiece um, there well, now on the flip side of that there are other things that I absolutely adore
1: mm-hmm. like
0: that are like like um, the only thing I can think of right now is Krypton to Superman right mm-hmm. Krypton is an actual element Krypton is an element mm-hmm uh, kryptonite, sorry.
1: Yeah. Krypt,
0: uh, it's like kryptonite to Superman, except a good thing. Because mm-hmm. kryptonite to Superman is a bad thing. But um, you, anyone who's listened to any bit of this for any length of time, knows that I am beyond absurd, <laughs> beyond absurd, and obsessed about Life is Strange.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. You, I'm sorry. I'm gonna flatly say this to everyone. I challenge anyone to show me a picture of any couple anywhere <laughs> that is as cute and adorable as Max and Chloe. You're not going to find that anywhere. And uh, they're, they're just beyond cute. Anyway, um, and there's there's things like, like I love, love comedy. Like mm-hmm. if there's a comedy movie out, I'll see it right there. I'll see it tomorrow. Yeah, like I adore comedy, just because it's it's so Mm lighthearted and so peppy. Action movies, I kind of like too.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, just
0: to take your mind off what's going on. Mm -hmm. Do you have Do you have addictions that are like that that pull you away from things?
2: Um. So well, I err, I get in, I like cycle through hyperfixations. So. One month I'll be really into one thing, and the next month I'll—I mean, I—I I don't like get over something, but I'll eat or like I just um, change, which what I am like focusing on. And right now, it's it, right now, and one of the most like persistent hyperfixations of mine um, is Avatar: Last Airbender. So. Or, and Legend of Korra, which is the sequel series to Avatar Last Airbender. So right now I'm just watching a lot of stuff about Avatar or Korra. Or I'm reading my Avatar and Korra comics. And...
0: Korra is a sequel? I always thought it was a separate standalone.
2: No, Legend of Korra is a sequel series to Avatar The Last Airbender. It takes place roughly 70 years after um, the Avatar Last Airbender series. It follows the Avatar after Aang.
0: And thank you, M. Night Shyamalan, because every time someone says Airbender, I think of Shyamalan and not the... Although, is that based on... Is that based on...
2: M. Night, Bar- M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender is based on... The first season of the TV show Avatar: Last Airbender.
0: Okay, and is there a reason why it got panned? I heard it got slammed.
2: Oh yeah, no. Um, people hated the casting choices. They hated the um, changes to the pronunciations of names. They hated the character design. They hated the acting. They they just hated. Oh, and also the forced conversion to three D. And also all the stuff that they had to cut out because they're they were adapting a twenty episode season of a TV show into a hour and a half long movie. Hmm. So like the Kyoshi Warriors had to be cut. Like they had they had the Kiyoshi warriors casted, and they were in some of the merchandise, and they didn't show up in the movie at all.
0: So he he dele- he left stuff.
2: Well, maybe it's
0: part of. Well, maybe it's part of. You know, I guess the word is editorial, not editorial executive decision, or
2: mm-hmm. I mean, the... maybe
0: maybe he looked at it and went can I show this in some other way that I don't need to have this in the movie and then he went to show and went oh crap I forgot to let leave that in or something like that
2: oh, so the forced 3D conversion was on the part of I think Paramount the um, producers were just like 3D's big right now you gotta make it 3D cause this came out in like 20, er, 2010 I think Right when everything was coming out in 3D.
0: See, that's 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 what I love about Tim and, to an extent, Quentin. But that's mm-hmm. what I love about Tim. The theater, the studios, and and, and producers say you got to do this, this, and this because mm-hmm. this is big at this time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: Tim, Tim, and Quentin say, you know what? Up yours.
2: Um, I'll do what I want. See so that error. In a similar vein, um, the whole like. 3D craze the only movies that I um that I think need to be in 3D are the ones that use 3D as a um, storytelling device itself like um, Spy Kids 3 or uh, Coraline both use the 3D to uh, to distinguish the real world from the fantasy world
0: okay yeah I, I I like I like that I get that that there's that there's that's a whole new way and that's I guess why I like 3d because mm-hmm. that's a whole new way of showing the as you just said the imaginary mm-hmm. imaginary or imaginative or Dream or visionary world, mm-hmm. as opposed to the real world.
2: Yeah, because I I remember in Coraline, like in the scenes in the in the real world, it's uh, or the 3D is like minimal, just kind of portray a sense of like being trapped or being like claustrophobic almost. And then the um, other world is very deep 3D, so you get a big sense of space and whimsy. Um, that's. A whole nother tangent, um, but yeah, no, the last Airbender movie i didn't hate it as much as most avatar fans did, um, but I didn't particularly like it. um I like it as a way to get people into avatar, if that makes sense, if some people will watch the movie before like. Committing to a um, sixty-one, yeah, sixty-one episode show.
0: There are okay. I'm gonna. I don't mean to switch courses or switch tracks, but I'm getting a lot of. So, so my producers are texting me questions right now because mm-hmm. I have my phone mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're firing questions for both of us. So if you don't mind, yeah. I'm going to, re- I'm going to read off what they're telling me to read off. Yes, I know girls. <laughs> yeah, no, my
2: train of thought is like all over the place right now. So something to focus that is um, be good.
0: <laughs> you said, uh, uh, come on brain Coraline, mm-hmm. Coraline. Yes, I believe it is. I can answer that for you, I think. Hmm.
2: Uh,
0: they said Coraline is Tim Burton.
2: No, it's Henry Selick.
0: I thought Coraline... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, Henry Selick did... did. Um...
2: Henry Selick was the director of Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas.
1: Christmas.
2: And so when Coraline was coming out, they kept saying from the director behind Nightmare Before Christmas, making people think that it's, it was Tim Burton, but no, it was Henry Selick.
0: And The Nightmare Before Christmas, much like the book The Melancholy Death of Oyster Boy, The Nightmare Before Christmas, yes, was Tim Burton because he created the characters. Yes. He created Jack and Sally and Oogie Boogie. Yeah, he
2: he was like the writer and like the creator, but it was Henry Selleck that actually did the directing of the movie.
0: And so... They, and I didn't, I don't remember Coraline very well. They showed Mm -hmm. the Corpse Bride. I keep getting mixed up with, keep getting mixed up with Corpse Bride. Mm. How did they show the, the dream sequences you were talking about?
2: You mean the other world?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, so, um, the other world is through this, like, tunnel in uh Coraline's house. So as Coraline is going through the tunnel, um, that's when the 3D switches from the like very minimal depth 3D to the very deep three D. So
0: and I just and yes I yes I'll mention it. As you as you heard in the beginning, I wanted to get some i wanted to get some some song bits in the beginning of there because you don't. Mm. i didn't hear these songs played too much so when you listen anyone listens back to the episode or listens to this episode through you're gonna hear roger jackson from scream and then you're gonna hear roxette and the imagine dragons Mm. and i just wanted to get those songs on the end (laughs) on the beginning So that's why they're there. And
1: Mm -hmm. that's
0: why you'll hear Roger Jackson and then Joyride and Thunder. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: (laughs) yes, guilty pleasure. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, how did you, how did you get into, as opposed to anything else, why anime?
2: Um, We kind of brought this up before. So it was mostly my friends in fifth and sixth grade. And they were the ones that got into anime and they subsequently got me into anime. Um, And so what I... One of the things that I particularly liked about anime back then and now is that um, in Western... western cartoons you have two types of western cartoons you have the shows for kids or the shows that are adult comedies like south park or family guy and there's not much besides those two but then anime you get or anime you you have like every kind of genre in With an anime, you get those, like, adult shows without the raunchy comedy type.
0: I see what you're saying with with the American animation. Well, you mentioned a family guy. Mm -hmm. With the American animation, you also have Bob's Burgers and Archer and other things like that. But they more stay along the lines of... I guess, I and wrong word choice, but the only way I can think of is to say, "average America." Yeah, or what you expect to be average day, everyday life. They don't wander off on these fanciful tangents, mm-hmm. and perhaps wander off as a choice of words. But they don't seem to wander off that much on these, much on those tangents. Whereas, in with anime, you can explore the realms to which you can, to which your imagination
1: goes.
2: Yeah so another way of saying it is that western cartoons are always are typically going to be immature whether it's immaturity in the sense of um their kids or immaturity in the sense of the sex and raunchy jokes western cartoons are just immature for the most part anime can be like actu- or like tell a compelling story without assuming that its audience is going to be a bunch of kids
0: (laughs) i'm sorry i don't i don't mean to i don't mean to chuckle and laugh about that but (laughs) it's not an it's not entirely wrong (laughs) and it's not entirely right but you know yeah i i get what you're saying there are some and i get what you're saying because on Pluto TV, there's a channel mm-hmm. that you can see afternoon cartoons or after school cartoons mm-hmm. and older cartoons type, type stuff. And they were less launchy mm. than the cartoons that are come out now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the, as you as you know, the problem I watch, which is why I don't I don't watch anime mm-hmm. and it's not that I don't prefer. It's not so much that I don't prefer to watch anime. I would probably watch it,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it's not that I would be able. I don't think I would be able to follow it as well as either you would or people who know what's going on. Yeah, because it sounds like it sounds like you're you hear you hear the mouth you see the mouse move, and then five seconds later you hear hear the words. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's not necessarily like that. Um, But, uh, er, so, Western cartoons, movies, TV shows, whatever. How they're made is that they do all the voice work um, first. And then it gets animated. And then it gets brought back to the voice actors to do any of the, like, uh, ADR stuff. The, like, grunts of fight scenes. And, like, just sounds essentially um and then but anime is always done animation first so they do the animation which means that um they don't know or they have a script but they don't know for sure what's what the voice actor is going to say they might switch up a couple words here and there so they have to be very um minimal with the uh, mouth movements. Western See, cartoons. It's a... mm-hmm.
0: See, it's always... I've always thought from my upbringing through, through my education in film and all the things that I've gone through. I've, I've taken several animation courses and I've always pictured and I've always felt
1: mm-hmm.
0: that the way things should be animated is the way you've been describing
1: mm-hmm.
0: the story. Gets animated first, mm. and then the actors the actors have to match it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not the story matching the actors. So it's like, yeah, yeah, they don't know what the actors are gonna say, mm-hmm. but you have a script, so you should know what the actors are gonna say. You have a script.
1: Well, sometimes
2: just... actors do some ad libbing. Sometimes a line doesn't work quite right as written, so they have to like switch it or er, switch it up a little bit
0: like you oh okay like like say because the only reference that's coming back to my mind is big surprise (laughs) chloe and max Mm -hmm. there there are scenes where you can animate chloe to respond to max saying and i've always said this before in several episodes i don't I don't ban spoilers. I always say spoiler alert because I'm always going to blow it for mm-hmm. someone. <laughs> I'm not going to hold back, so I'm always going to blow it for someone. Mm-hmm. But there are there are scenes, there are moments where Max says, I love you, Chloe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can't have Hannah Tell come into the recording studio and say, I love you, Chloe. Mm-hmm. Because how is Ashley Birch going to react to that?
2: Yeah. or You
0: want her to... You want her to emote or short mm-hmm. or to express with what what Max is actually going to say. Mm-hmm. So you want Hannah Tell to say, Okay, Max is feeling this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. How would she how do you think she would say this? And then Hannah says it this way, and then they animate Max to mm-hmm. what Hannah said, or they yeah.
2: Well, I was going to say an, an example of, like, um, a scene that wouldn't exist if they animated first and then had the voice actor's voice act um, is in The Lion King. Uh, when Timon says, what do you want me to do? Dance and drag, or, er, like, uh, dress and drag and dance to the hula? That was an ad-lib by Timon's voice actor. And then the subsequent sequence of Timon doing exactly that. Was animated to go with that ad lib.
0: I know who that is. <laughs> that is that is the great and unbelievable phenomenal actor Nathan Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Pumbaa was Ernie Sabella. Mm-hmm. But anyway, information <laughs> that's stuck in my brain that I can't get out of it. Yep. There's there um there's a lot of uh, why this one's for me question again mm-hmm. this one is for me why why a podcast i figured i listened to as you'll hear later at the end of the, at the end of the episode i listened to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and i and i write a lot and I'm, I'm a big writer and i figured yeah sounds like fun mm-hmm. what's the best i'm like why i would why would i not want to do this sounds like fun sounds like something i can do i don't want to phrase it like i'm like I'm overproducing it. I don't want it to sound... Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't want it to be censored. I don't want it to be edited. Because believe me, I'll tell everyone the thing that I hate above all else <laughs> is editing.
1: hmm
0: Editing is proof to the world that there's a devil.
1: Because
0: it drives me freaking ballistic. And I will not do... If I can avoid it, I will not do it. <laughs> so I prefer to leave things just as they are. Plus... You know if you hear a podcast as if you hear what it what it sounded like as it was recorded it means it just it means more to the ear. the ear seems mm-hmm. like oh this is this is what life would actually was like, so it's kind of maybe it's a posterity thing but mm-hmm. um this is a uh, ooh no, without revealing too much here this is for both of us mm-hmm. they wanted they wanted to know. Um, Kaylee wants to know how we how we met. Well, honest question. We both we were both working together. We yep. both worked together at the same place. Yep. And it's and I think much and I think much to your dismay now <laughs> we kind of we kind of glommed kind of gloned onto each other and became mm-hmm. really you know people of the same. Of the same ilk, so to speak. Yeah. Now I will admit to everyone that there are some things that you have said and you know, your guilty pleasures go with them and stick with them. But there are some things that you've said that honestly that I just roll my eyes and go, Oh my god, Lisa. D and D What? Exactly. That that I roll my eyes and go. Jeez. Like, why do you... And maybe this is just me and D&D and more power to the people who play them. Because I love people who do something (laughs) I can't do. And not so much I can't do. It's just so much that I don't want to do it. Uh But it's like... Help first. It shouldn't take 55 minutes to create a character you're going to use in the game who could die 10 (laughs) minutes before you start the game.
2: Um, Uh, Well, I mean, ideally they wouldn't die that quickly.
0: Um you in order to play a game
1: uh-huh.
0: you have dice uh-huh. that have more dents in it than a golf ball, <laughs> and you have and then there's there's a person who sits at the end of the table with a divider up that uh-huh. controls the action that I guess is a dungeon master, yep. And then you have books that tell you what to do, and that tell the Dungeon Master what to do, and that, what characters you can create, <laughs> or something like that. And there's a lot of stuff I there's a lot of stuff I I don't get about it. And there's another question: Why D and D? And this is this is to you, not to me, because you just heard what I just said about D and D.
2: It's so to me, D and D is like it's like a video game with no limits. So imagine playing a game like Skyrim or like uh Legend of Zelda but you're not confined to what the programmer guessed you could do the years ago when they were when they were programming it you can literally say I'm going to do I want to do this ridiculous thing that only you would think of and the person running the game is just like okay so this is how that works how that er this is what happens because of that um and also it's just like it's a collaborative storytelling thing
0: i see that i see that side of it and that i that i think is cool that i think that is, that
2: whole side of it is
0: that i understand and that i get mm
2: mm-hmm. mhm but, and also it it was Stephen place, who yeah he did the d and d because of his game with the runaway guys
0: no don't get me wrong, and I will freely admit this to everyone who knows this. love you, stephen i love your love your videos and love everything you do, Stephen, but you <laughs> could not lose me faster when you play d and d well, oh,
2: have you seen the the um session with the runaway guys? It's hilarious
0: no, I have no i have not admittedly no i have not but (laughs) yeah i have i have unfortunately not there are there are a number and maybe i'll email email them to you or text them to you or something a little bit later but there's a number of there's a number of questions in here and Mm -hmm. we'll get back i'll get to them maybe at a different episode or get to them i'll text them to you or something like that but (laughs) Thank you all for listening, and thank you all for sticking around here until the end here. Hang on, for, yeah. hang on for a little bit more on the end here. And thank you, Lisa, for joining me as always.
2: Of course. Thank
0: you. Want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast? Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcast and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout out. go to Vegas. Visit the best places all around the Strip and all around downtown all around the surrounding areas. Check out the best vlogs for Vegas anywhere on YouTube at Brar Frederick over on YouTube. B-R-O-R Frederick F-R-E-D-R-I-K over on YouTube. Go over to Brar Frederick. Subscribe to his channel. Click that bell icon. Click that Hit those those like those like up thumbs give give bra a follow give bra a look you'll really love what you're seeing he's an awesome streamer the best Vegas streamer and the best thing to watch while you're in Vegas before you go to Vegas just to experience Vegas as a whole. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project, and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.